And we all, we all know how it is. I want it fixed now. I want it fixed now. I want it fixed now. I want to be redeemed now. I want to be king now. And that's not the way it works. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at The Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, The Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. A little different than a group I had this morning. At 9 o'clock, I was teaching the children downstairs, so I don't think we'll have to go over the rules, okay? I think we'll be all right. Except for one rule is we have fun, right? We're downstairs, we like that rule, and uh, we certainly endeavored to do it. Well, let's pray. Um, dear Heavenly Father, just speak to us. Just anoint this message. Let them, let them be your words, Lord. There are people here that just are dying to hear from you, Lord. Just they want a word from you. They want it uh, personal and they want it a touch, Lord. And uh, we just ask that you uh, speak today. Speak today, Lord. Touch hearts. Incline ears to hear, Lord. Open minds. Lord, thank you for people that step up and go out to the mission field, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you for people that say yes to you. Thank you to everyone that came today, obviously wants to know you in a more greater and uh, personal way. So just bless these words in the name of Jesus. Amen. And if we were to title this message today or give you a concept um, of what to walk away with, it would be having a heart after God. Having a heart after God. In 1 Samuel um, 13, 14, right, God said that Samuel, or excuse me, God said that David had a heart after him. And having a heart after God, what does that mean? We're going to get into it a little bit today. But I could ask you today is, do you have a heart after God? Right? Are you living for God? And what's awesome about that is maybe if I asked you that question yesterday or today or tomorrow, the answer would be different. Right? But God is gracious. God is always there. The hand is always out. We always have the opportunity to grab on to Jesus and get in the game. Right? And that's what we're all doing here today. And I really love the messages that we've been hearing over the weeks. And I just wanted, before getting into what I was, the scriptures that I'm going to read and the main message, I wanted to tie in what I've been hearing over the last couple of weeks. And the upside-down kingdom is one term um, that I really like. And in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, right? Your ways are not my ways. But as high as the heaven is over earth, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And in this kingdom, right, the upside down kingdom, the economy is not dollars and cents, right? We're living, it's a spiritual economy, right? God's way are different. The last should be first and the first should be last. It's like, what, what does it, that's crazy, right? The world would say that's crazy, but for us, it's not crazy, right? It's God, right? When we live for God, we know what he means because we're in that kingdom. We're living in that kingdom, and the economy is different. I laugh. Um, my children, they, they used to run up the stairs and race up to the top of the stairs, and I used to say, first one up is a rotten egg. 
And they would just fall down, you know, crying, like, that's not fair, that's not right. I was the first, the one that was going to be first would just drop down, bawling. They couldn't understand the kingdom, right? The first shall be last, the last should be first. And then unity. I really like pastor preaching on unity, right? Amos 3.3 says, if two walk, or can two walk together unless they agree, right? Can two walk together unless they agree? Psalm 119.89 your word is forever settled in heaven. I love that verse, right? Like God says, or the psalmist says, your word is forever settled in heaven. That means it's not changed. It's already been settled. What God says is what God says. It doesn't change. It's not outdated, right? Our Bible, the word is not outdated. It doesn't need to be changed for the times and the season, right? God is yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's already handled it. What we have, what we need is right here. And it doesn't need to be changed. 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? It's the word of God right here. Right? We have the mind of Christ. So if we both have the mind of Christ, right? like if you and I both agree with what God says, we have unity in a situation, right? Like any situation under the sun that we need to know about is in the word. And God has made a decision on it. And when we agree, right, with what God says about a situation, then we have unity. Colossians 3.10 says to put on the new man. Right? Like we put on the new man. And I'll read that one. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So what Paul is saying here is we put on the new man and we're renewed in knowledge and the word. When we walk in the kingdom... When we're seeking unity, right, we're walking in the word, and we have unity. And this is so important to me. And then three, I really liked the message last week about power. Like the strong man steals, and we can take that back. Did you guys like that? Yes. Right? That really spoke to me. Like, the, like what the strong man has taken, we can get back. Like God is a redeemer, right? Like we have the power right? And when we talk about this word power, I really get psyched on the word power. I can't, I always love to go to the Greek words, right? And uh, I get juiced up or jazzed up or whatever, however you say it. But uh, a couple words is iskis, is like bodily strength. Exousia, which is the power of authority. Dunamis, which is, uh, speaks of like a spiritual power, like God's power. And then Energeo, which is to be operative or be at work. And in Colossians 13, it says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? I believe Pastor spoke on this, right? We have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And this is where the Greek says, Who has delivered us from the power? And that word power there is Azusa. It's authoritative power. Right? It's authoritative meaning, meaning like we give ourselves over to the power of darkness, right? Like we are born into the power of darkness, and then God comes in and he removes that. That authority that we've given to the darkness has been done away with, right? Like God moves us from that. But the word meaning, you know, we give authority, right? Like how we, what kingdom are we in? Are we in the kingdom of darkness or are we operating in the kingdom of light? the kingdom of the dear son, right? Like whose authority? What are we yielding ourselves to? 
Romans 1, 4, and then 8, 11, if you tie those together, it's talking about the spirit of Christ that raised God from the dead, right? That is a dunamis power, and that's the same place we get um, dynamite from. So, in Romans 8, 11, but if the spirit of him raised up Jesus from the dead that dwell in you, he that... Mi- he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. And this should be really exciting, right? Like God, like I'm, what I'm saying here is the spirit that raised God from the dead lives in you. If you can't be more excited about that today, then you know, what else is there to be excited about? We have the power. We're talking about power. Okay, the power, and that's what's been preached here, and that's why I'm coming here, because the messages are so awesome, right? I really love it, and the body is great. But what I want is I want a life that is seeking after God. I want a heart after God, right? I want a heart after God, and what do I do? And he has everything for me. When I'm living in his kingdom, when I'm seeking after him, when I understand I'm a new man and I put it on and I have this power that's in me, God is all for me. He's translated me, right? He's, I'm adopted into the family. I'm a son of God. I'm an heir of God. He's given me everything. Now I have this power. What do I do with it, right? What do I do with it? Ephesians 2.10 tells us, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus until good works, which God has before ordained. Or excuse me, let me go backwards. Ephesians 3.20. Now until him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. So now until him that is able, this word able here is dunamai. Just like dunamis, it's dunamai. It's a, it's a power, right? We're able. God has made us able. He's given us his power. Not ours, right? It's a supernatural power. It's a spiritual power. But he has made us able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power. There's dunamis. According to the power that worketh. Now, that work, the word worketh is another word of power. It speaks of anageo, like acting, to do, to put into action, right? So... Living in the kingdom is not just being born again, right? It's taking this power and putting it into action. But it's not our power. It's God's power, right? It's the power that lives within us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. So when I'm working with God, when I'm yielding to God, when I'm putting in, when we sit here and listen to messages from Pastor Quentin and we go home, right, and my wife and I laugh because we'll put it into action sometimes when we find out we weren't putting in, or at least me wasn't putting it into action. But I'll be like, you know, okay, let's put into action what I heard from the pulpit today. And I put that into action, right? And that's anageo, right? That's a power. I'm taking the power of Christ. This is what changes. This is what transforms lives, right? We're not just doing a self-help program. Right? We're putting God into our lives, Jesus into our lives. When we take Jesus and put him into a situation, there's power. There's power to transform. We used to try to do something over and over and over and over, and nothing happens but the same thing, right? because we're doing it in our own strength. Right? But when we really seek God, right? when I have a heart after God, and I'm like, God, help me in this situation. Right? Like, God, I'm going to put this in, I'm going to apply it in my life, and I'm going to walk in it. When we walk in it, Right? Then we're acting in it, and then it's power. It's not my power, but it's the power of Christ. And then you sit back and watch things happen. You watch transformations. Going out in faith to Africa, you know, what a, yeah, it's a great step, right? 
And she's just doing it in faith and letting God do the work and making things happen. And things fall into places, blessings come, because she is just faithful to walk out in faith. Now, you can apply that to your life, to your marriage, right, to anything, right? Like God can do it. He is more than able, and he has equipped us to doing it. And then Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus until good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, I love this. Like, and this is what I'm tying into the power. We talked about power. The last week's message, part of it, you know, the part of it that spoke to me was redeeming what the Satan, the strong man, has taken from me, going and getting it back. Well, guess what? God has also ordained steps before time for me. Right? Like he has created a life for me that he would have me walk in and enjoy and to experience. Now, I don't know about you, but I really enjoy the experience of walking with God because that's why I keep walking with God. When I walk with God, there's action, there's power, there's experience. Experientially, my life has changed. So I keep going after God. I can't say any time I've ever gone after God that I've been disappointed. Right? Sometimes it's a struggle. To go out, I don't know why, but I think it's just it's our flesh, right? We 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 fight it, and then when we finally surrender to it, we're like, "Wow, that was good." God went beyond what I was expecting. God gave me the ability to do it, and we all know the the saying, right? Well, that was a God thing, right? Like I put God in it. We know it wasn't us, right? We know it wasn't us, but that that's what we're talking about. But so we also not only have the power to regain what was taken from us, but we have the power to go and get what God has ordained for us. So, depending on my timing, I'm going to jump into this, and we'll see where it gets us. But David has a heart after God, right? So let's turn to Chronicles 13, 1 through 8. Then David consulted with the captains. Well, let me put some background into this, right? So, Israel, and let us think of ourselves as Israel sometimes. Israel has been delivered, right, from, from Egypt over the time. And God gives and gives and gives and blesses and blesses and blesses. But Israel is always, they were stiff-necked people, he said, right? Like, we do what we want to do. We want what we want. We all want what the other people have. We want what the other nations have. They have a king. Give us a king. Give us a king. And um, God wanted to be their king, right? God wanted to be a person to have a personal relationship with Israel, but they wanted a buffer. They wanted a king. All right, I'll give you a king. And he gives him Saul, and he said he will be a hard taskmaster over you, which he was, right? But Saul fell out with the Lord pretty quickly, and God said, I'm going to find my own king. And, I'm, and he found David. And he anointed David well before David was king. David, it was a long time before David actually received the blessing that God gave him of being king. He was hunted. He was persecuted. He lived in caves, right? He was falsely accused. God, why are you accusing? And we can put ourselves in that way, right? Like, but God, we're in a journey with God, and he has these footsteps, right, that are ordained before time. And it's personal. Each one here. Has, God has a plan for you, and he wants you to enjoy it, and he has good for you. He wants nothing but goodness for you. But sometimes what we want and what we get aren't always the same thing. And then David didn't go in there and just grab the throne and take over, right? David 
respected that God would deliver. He just followed after God and things fell into place. But the valleys, right? We heard last week or the week before with being on the mountains and the valleys. Where do we get to know? Who was Jesus? Jesus, the lily of the valley, right? That's where we get to know Jesus is in the valley. David went through the valley, but all that was in preparation. Saul was given the kingdom and had no really response um, experience with running a kingdom. And he got in trouble pretty quick. But David was really through the wilderness and through all that he went, he was being built up for what God would have for him. And it all came into place because he followed God, took care of everything. And that's what we in our lives need to remember, okay, is that even though your experience right now, might not look what you would want it to look at or look look like even if you're going through a hard time you're feeling persecuted you're feeling betrayed whatever's going on in your situation God has a plan before time began and we all we all know how it is I want it fixed now I want it fixed now I want it fixed now I want to be redeemed now I want to be king now and that's not the way it works Right? Christianity is we walk with God. It's a personal relationship. It's not religion. Right? We just fellowship with God. We get to know him. We apply his methods in our lives, and we see change happen. And over a period of time, we look back, and what, what does that do? But only it glorifies God because he's proving himself to you that he is God. He is holy. He is in charge, and he has good things for you. And most of the time, we do look back and think, wow, look what God has done in my life. That is a testimony that we can share with others. And then we look to the body. You know, it's awesome to be in a beautiful body. That we look to somebody like today is going to Africa. Isn't that a testimony? We look to somebody that's going through a medical situation and watch them know God through the situation. We think, wow, that's awesome. We look for somebody that's struggling, has issues as being parents, whatever it might be. Right? We look to the body and comfort. Right? We look to see them fellowship, and that's what we are all epistles and testimonies. All right, so I'm really getting off my time probably. First Chronicles 13, 1 through 8. Then David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, it seems good to you. And if it is of the Lord our God, let us send out to our brethren everywhere who are left in all the land of Israel, and with them to the priests and Levites who are in their cities and in their common lands, that they may gather together to us. And let us bring the ark of God back to us, for we have not inquired at it since the days of Saul. Then all the assembly said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. So David gathered all Israel together from Shihor in Egypt as far as the entrance of Hamath, to bring the ark of God from Kirat-Jerim. And David and all of Israel went up to Bela and Kirat-Jerim, which belonged to Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, the Lord, who dwells between the cherubim, where his name is proclaimed. So they carried the ark of God in a new cart from the house of Abinadad and Uzzah and drove the cart. Then David and all of Israel played music before God with all their might, with singing on harps, on stringed instruments and tambourines, Symbols and trumpets. I'm sure Pastor Quentin likes that part, right? He likes us to praise and worship and honor God, right? And he's teaching us, and it's good, and it's always good, right? Praise God. Amen. Right. Amen. Anybody? Anybody? Come on. <laughs>
All right, we're going to get excited here. All right, so David's our example, right? So David has a heart after God. And he's just been seated, right? Like finally things come together, all right? After all that's going on, he has finally become king. And as soon as David is king, he is spiritually minded. And in these steps, this is us, right? Like God speaking to us, this is our example. We look to the Bible, we look to the word for our example. Like Christ is our example. People in the Bible are example. And then David here has his heart after God. So what is he? He's thinking spiritually minded. What did we say earlier? That you're either in the, under the uh, power of darkness or you're operating in the kingdom of his dear son. Right? One or the other. We're in the flesh or we're in the spirit. Okay? So we're going after God. David's going after God. He's, he's finally in, in this awesome place. And he doesn't think, well, like, let's do all this for me. Let's, do, let's set a monument up to me. He's thinking of God. Right? And that's where we are in our work with God. Like, no matter where we're at, and I, I think sometimes, too, that we can look either whatever's going on in our lives. May, maybe we haven't been walking with God, but that, that's like this moment is now. We all can leave here walking with God. Right? Every single one of us, if we aren't, there's no reason we can't. There's no condemnation needed. It's just like, God, here you are. Here's the hand. Let's go. That's what God has his hand out. Let's go. Right? And then so David's like just spiritually minded. Let's bring the ark up, and the ark is a symbol of God's presence. Right? So God, he wants to honor God. So that's what we do in our life, right? Like we honor God. Why are we here today? Amen. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> so we're here to honor God. We're here to learn about him, ensuring a blessing on them for God's presence. So he's their leader, right? So he's seeking after a symbol, bringing in God's presence. And then also he knows in God's presence, when God's presence is there, there is a blessing, right? Like we are blessed from following after God. There's no way to say that we're not. David is a wise leader. What did he do? He gathered his captains and honored them. He did not command them. Like people person, right? David's a people person. And, you know, uh, I think we could all learn from this. I'll talk about myself. But... um, he gathered captains and honored them. He did not command them. So the way that we speak to people is a kingdom thing, right? Like I'm preaching to myself. My wife's over there, so I have to keep it. <laughs> I have to keep it honest, right? But no, we all have our strongholds, right? We all have areas. And that's what's beautiful about God, right? Like God will point out these weaknesses to us. Do we recoil from it or do we embrace it and say, yeah, it's a weakness, Lord, help me, right? I'm not, I'm not able, but guess what? The power in me is able, right? Like, you are able to do it in me. Help me, Lord, right? So we identify, we accept the Spirit when it whispers in our ear saying, Dave, and I'm like, okay. Usually it takes me 15, 20, maybe a day or two or a couple years. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying, right? Um, So he sought counsel to ensure unity, right? Like, in a situation, like, we have a conversation with people, and we seek unity, right? Like we ask people, you know, I think a tendency, like some people like to do all the talking. Um, so I try to in a conversation, I think it's natural. Like we like to do all the talking. Like somebody's going through something, we want to give advice. We want to do it. Here's a verse and we want to, re- instead of saying, how are you feeling? What's going on? Get some feedback, get some information, get the person talking. All right. Um, and then in that, you can find unity, Right. Unity commands a blessing. 
you know, we've heard that. Pastors preached it. Um, we have that here in our body. We have the mind of Christ. We have unity. Uh, and we are blessed. And David was humble and a unifier of the nation. He called his people brethren, right? Like the way that he spoke, too. Like our words are listened to. Our words are listened to. And here, if you don't know, like the, the issue was there was a division between the tribe of Israel and Judah, a couple tribes. Like David was on one side and Israel was on the other. There was separation. And then they were unified when he became king. Okay, after there was some war um, over several years, there was unity. So when they came back together, he didn't say them. And, and okay, all right, I got to speed on here. I got five minutes, so we're going to see what we can do. So David said, if it be of the Lord, this is beautiful, right? Like, this should be our premise, is, is it of the Lord? When we do something, when we enter into it, um, when we're looking to make a change in our life, is the Lord in it? Is the Lord in this? Like, throw it up to the Lord, but the Lord should be the first thing on our mind. Is the Lord in this? And then the attitude has to be, if he's not in it, then we mustn't do it, right? Like, that should be our attitude. Is, is God in this or not? Right? Am I seeking God in everything that I do? And if he's not, look for where he is. Um, so often I think we make decisions, you know, like I'll find myself too. I try to catch myself. Did I pray about that? Did I make a decision or did I think about this before praying, throwing it up to God? Um, so if he's not in it, we don't do it. David changed the relationship with God. He identified the absence of God and the results. Like there they are. The ark of God has to be carried up. They've really been warring. They haven't been um, really honoring God and what they were doing. David understands that as a nation, they need to bring God in. In our family, right? In our family, is God in it? Right? Like, is God there? And then also understand what the results are, right, of not having God in it. And that's not God's fault, is it? Is it? <laughs> But guess what? God can change things in an instant. God has the power to change things in an instant. Call him in. See what he can do, right? Like prove him, as the word says. David didn't blame Saul. I love this. And um, like David didn't blame Rachel. And he included himself. That's my wife's name, in case you don't know. Himself in the offense by saying we. Or like Adam did in the garden, right? Like it's Eve's fault. Like that was one of the first issues of sin, the blame game. Like, you know, what we do is it's always somebody else's fault. It's not my fault. But where does that get us, right? What does that do for us? Not much. Um, but David was smart. Yeah, David was smart enough not to blame Saul. He took ownership and created a plan to move forward. This is really family um, building, right? Like taking ownership and creating a plan to move forward. Let's not look at what today or yesterday is if we have any issues with walking with God, right? Let's look at what the plan is today. You know, where are we going now? What are we going to do? How are we going to change things? How am I going to play God in my life? How am I going to apply God in my family? What am I going to do? Right? Like, let's not beat ourselves up, but let's get in the game. Let's move forward and let's get a plan. Um, took ownership and created a plan to move forward. He assumed responsibility. Big one, right, for us men. He assumed responsibility for their spiritual welfare. And David led in a good thing and had influence over others. I love this part. We can do the same. Like, we can have influence, you know, over other people. Right? Like, when we lead, when we live for God... Right when we speak about God, when we apply Him in our lives, our children, right? Like we're raising our kids, our families, our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, 
but our walk with God um, influences others. You know, and it's so important to understand that. And then you have an opportunity to be used by God for that. How am I on time here? Where are we at? Oh, I got two minutes. <laughs> They're bringing up the ark, the presence of the Lord. Um, here's a good one. They traveled far to get it. They valued it, bringing up the presence of the, the ark, right? Like, how far are we traveling? I'm not talking about miles, which you could, you know. Like, maybe it's, it's, a, it's a long road to get here, but it's worth getting here, right? To the anchor church, it's right. worth getting here. Okay, no matter what, getting up in the morning, you know, especially now that winter's coming for us Mainers, and I'm, I'm not really a Mainer, but uh, I'm not allowed to say that, I understand, but I get into the function of going to bed early and things like that. Um, but they traveled far to get it. They valued it. They rejoiced in their decision. Like when we praise God, when we say yes for God, let's, let's pray. Let's be thankful for that. Let's like be happy about it. Let's say hallelujah. All right, I'm for God. Like Joshua said, for me and my household, we are for God. Let's get excited about it, right? Let's get into it. Like you got to build yourself up because nobody else is. All right, um, you know, the Satan's going to come against you when you make a plan to go. I'm sure like going to Africa, there's a lot of atmospheric, demonic um, pressure that comes against you um, in your thinking. And uh, they rejoiced in their decision, but they used the cart, familiarity. When they went up, um, if you read through the scriptures, there was a specific way to handle the ark, um, special, a special way to carry it. Um, familiarity with God, like God knows it's nothing, right? Like we don't put God in a box. We don't demand God to perform hey, guess what? Here I am. You know, I've chose you, God, and I'm going to live for you now. You need to do this, this, and this. Um, it's not how it works. Like, we come humbly, right? Why are we even allowed to come boldly into the throne room of grace? Anybody know that one? We come boldly in through the works of Jesus Christ, right? That he died on a cross and his blood was shed. The, the, the veil was rent, right? Like God made a way for us to come to his presence through grace, through what Jesus Christ did. Nothing I did. I didn't perform, you know. I definitely would not have access to the bold room or the uh, throne room or grace um, if it was left to my merit. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for your word. Thank you that we can have a heart after you, that we can know you, Lord. I can know you today. I can follow you today. I can be blessed by you today. If anyone's out there that just says yes, Lord, that needs to say yes or has any type of um, issues with seeking after God, with walking with God, with having a heart after God, Today is the day. God just invites you, is drawing you. If anybody doesn't know the Lord as his personal Savior, hasn't called on him, God is calling you. God is calling you saying, I am here. I am for you. I'm not against you. Just call on my name. Be a child of mine. I will translate you from the power of darkness into the kingdom of my son. I will adopt you into my family. I will do a work in your life that is like none other because I am God just call on his name if you've never called on his name just call just ask him to appear to you and be real to you thank you that you make us 
who we are, Lord, a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Lord, just do a work in us. Help us to take what you've given us and put it into action. Help us to take what you've given us and put it into action. Let us walk out of here today with a commitment to walk with you, Lord, to put you first in all that we do, to make you the head of our household, the head of our family, the head of all we do, that you are Lord over us, Lord. Thank you for the anchor. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Quentin and the messages that he just pours his heart out in. Makes it look so easy. Thank you that it has such content that it changes our lives, that it helps us to know you more. Helps you to, or helps us to understand your mind. Lord, that we have unity and we have power. And that most of all, we have you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, David. If you guys can't stand to your feet, please. Thank you very much. So listen, I think today, you know, what's the takeaway from what uh, David shared? Like, what, what is it that, uh, you know, in you this week that you need to maybe grab a hold of and challenge? Uh, just to challenge yourself in the sense of how do I make Jesus the centerpiece? How do I, uh, you know, have a heart after God? What does that look like for me in this season, in my life? What do I need to shift? What priorities need to change so I can put Jesus first? Anybody with me today? And, uh, you, you know, we say it a lot around here that if you, uh, you know, if you do it God's way, you get God's results. And I don't know anybody alive that doesn't want God's results in their life. And if we want God's results, we got to do it God's way. And God's way is simply seeking Him first. And so this way I challenge you, this week I challenge you, just pray. <laughs> Read your Bible, right? Worship. I love the fact that God made it so simple because we're simple. Yes, and so he made it in a really simple way for us to connect with him. And if you want a heart after God, then those things become first priority. Amen. Can I pray for you one more time and then I'll release you. Is that all right? Father, I thank you for every person that's here today. God, we want to be like David. God, in the, in the Old Testament, God, King David, that had a passion and a heart for you. God, a man that put your presence, God, first and foremost in his life. A man, that God, that put your voice and your leading, your guiding, God, as priority in his life. And so, Lord, today, God, if we could somehow follow his example, God, just to seek you and walk with you, God, in every area. And so, Lord, whatever we need to shift, whatever we need to change today in our lives, Lord, we pray that you would speak to us loud and clear, God, so we could simply obey. God, just so we could simply, as we heard earlier, have a yes in our heart, God, to what you want us to do. And so, Lord, we're just maybe just saying, God, we give you permission to wake us up early. Not too early. But God, early, God, to, to, to spend time with you, God, if that's reading the Bible, God, if it's praying, uh, God, if it's simply just turning on some music and just worshiping you, Father, help us this week to connect with you in deeper ways, uh, God, than what we have in the past. God, help us to walk with you, God, and to seek your face. And Lord, we just love you and bless you, God. Help us to do what Matthew 6.33 says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. God, let us seek you first in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would bless your people today. God, just to grow. God, bless your people today to stretch themselves in the capacity to walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor.